0: I'm Jessica Peresta, host of the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I've got a little different episode. That's right. Uh, today I'm being interviewed. <laughs> yeah, I'm being interviewed by uh, a guest of mine, a good friend. Her name is Suzanne Sprague. And uh, you might remember her from episode 560, where we talked about her website, Virtual Science Teachers, where she provides free science learning resources for everyone. So what a cool thing. We uh, we just had, uh, she interviews me and we talk about uh, what's going on in my world. So uh, very cool. Thanks for doing that, Suzanne and uh, hey everybody, if you get a chance, it'd be so cool if you went to my website stephenmoletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? You know, say a few nice words and uh, maybe, how about a five star? That would be so cool. Thanks so much. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know, that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Oh
0: teaching, learning, leading K-12,
1: teaching, learning, leading K-12, teaching, learning, leading K-12, ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Maletto.
0: Hello, this is Suzanne Sprague. I am here interviewing my good friend, Dr. Steve Maletto. Steve has been an educator in Georgia for 36 years. He has served public school families as a history teacher, assistant principal, and high school principal. In 2009, he was the Georgia Principal of the Year and a finalist for NA SSP MetLife National Principal of the Year in 2010. As a teacher, he taught US and world history. He was a yearbook sponsor, theater sponsor, and goalie, soccer goalie coach. Additionally, he was the Teacher of the Year at Southwest De- DeKalb High School in 1989. Currently, he is the executive director of a regional educational service agency, RESA, in Georgia. He is a podcaster, voiceover creator, YouTuber, and overall content developer. His focus in education is to help kids achieve
1: their dreams. Hello, Steve. Hey, how you doing, Suzanne? Thanks for having me.
0: Great, great. It's wonderful to talk to you today. It was uh Just a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago that you interviewed me for Virtual Science Teachers and I had so much fun talking with you. I thought, hey, we should do this again. But instead, let's talk to Steve this time because Steve is an interesting guy. Uh, So here
1: we are. I appreciate that. And that was that was fun. I got a lot of great response from everybody uh, about your talk and stuff like this. And uh, um, and I appreciate you asking me to, to do the role reversal. This is cool. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, there's so much to talk about. So let's jump in. Uh, first of all, uh, I read a little bit about your your background, but can you maybe in your own words tell us a bit about your background?
1: Sure. I mean, I was. Uh, I it's it's interesting. I you know when I first started teaching, I was uh, um, I, I'm a history teacher. I have a couple degrees in history. I didn't want to teach social studies. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Those <laughs> who are listening, I but it's but I wanted to teach history and. Um, so I have a bachelor's and eventually I got a master's in history and, and uh, had a lot of fun doing that. My goal was to try and make kids uh, um, their experience in my class, want to know more about history or have fun in history mm-hmm. and that type of thing. That And, uh, um, and so that's how I, I went about doing that. And, and it really had a you know great opportunity because I worked with some different colleagues who were just so creative and, and I uh, had a chance to be part of a couple different programs that were national that uh, in, um, talked about uh, and emphasized student as worker way before, you know, teacher as facilitator and student as worker way before mm. the current era. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. And so I have – that is my background. And just a note, you read about my my different uh, extracurricular stuff. I uh, <laughs> It's kind of neat. I just – a couple schools that I went to, I like one school I went – the first school I went to, I said uh, – I said to the principal, I said, what do you want to, I said, what do you need help with? I said, <laughs> and he said, he said, wait a second. He goes, can you hold on just a second? And he went down, he left my off his office and he came back with another administrator and he said, I want you to say to me what you just said to me. Again, and I, I said, I just want to know what you want to help with. He said, See, I told you he said that. Wow, yeah, <laughs> and,
0: I've never heard that before. No,
1: and so that was yeah, funny.
0: Yeah. But
1: it uh, so that's how I got myself involved in different stuff. Like, uh, because I'm not, um, I was never really a theater person, I enjoy the theater, but. The one school I was at I hadn't had it for 15 years, and I'm like, well, I think I can help you if you haven't had theater in 15 years, and because uh, I have some friends who did do theater and stuff like this, and so I reached out to them, and they gave me advice, and that was a blast. There's nothing, there's nothing more fun than giving a ham a chance to be a ham. So, but
0: uh, right, oh, that's awesome. So you didn't know anything about theater, but you saw a need. That's what they told you. We need someone to yes. <laughs> help us get the theater program going. And, and you're like, sure, I'll do this. I can do this. Exactly. And, <laughs> and then you started a theater program. That's, that's awesome. And you also were a, a soccer goalie coach. That's, yep. so did you play soccer in, as a kid?
1: When I was in the army, um, they, we had a base. So as a kid, no, I played little league, um, baseball and, uh, um, the, uh, and it was in band and did things like mm. that. And, uh, that'll come back up in a, in a little <laughs> while because band ended up staying with me as well as the soccer does for a while. But the, so basically what happens is that when I was in the army, they needed, um, they were putting together, a, a company team to play against the other army companies on the base. And, um, our Colonel who was in charge of everything was really, really wanted to have a couple different teams to compete on the base. And so he was a huge soccer fan. And so, uh, they're putting it together. And they didn't have a goalie and, they said, uh, oh, "Come on, Steve, you can be goalie. We'll teach you how to play." And I was like, "You know, I'm, I'm a." Bad. That
0: is the most intimidating position out of <laughs> all of them, I think.
1: Exactly, it is. so
0: much pressure. And so,
1: and so, uh, I, and finally, I said, "Yeah, oh, this would be cool." So, what the heck? And so, I and and I had several of them work with me and stuff like this. Now, that's how it began. Um, down the road, what happens is I end up going to different um, soccer training. This is after the army. I end up going to different soccer training to learn how to be, a, you know, a better goalie and all this sort of stuff. And then so that I could also coach it. And then my um, oldest son uh, at that time, he decided that he wanted to play soccer, not, not baseball or football. And,
0: oh, uh, wow. well. and so I end up
1: getting trained how to be a, you know, the type of coach for little kids. And then that just follows me. And so eventually I'm a coach for um, younger kids and for high school kids. And, and uh, I end up doing a lot of training to learn, more About being oh, wow. a soccer goalie coach at wow. so all, and it's the same sort of thing. It's like someone needed help in this, and and I said, Well, I can I can do that. And he said, All right, we, it was a yeah, foot and in the the volunteer,
0: door. yes, exactly. That's <laughs> uh, in a willing volunteer, <laughs> exactly. So no you're, you're willing to put in the work to learn. Uh, I've tried myself to help my kids with their sports, and uh, unless it's tennis, it just I don't know. It doesn't go so well, but I'm happy for you. It sounds like it went really well, and um, and you have a big smile on your face right now. So it sounds like those are some happy memories in your life.
1: Oh, those are great memories. Those are you know. It's just uh, uh, it, it it's soccer's fun, and when you're working with kids and trying to help them get understand what to do in certain situations, and by the time you get to high school, some of them have such incredible skills that what you're really doing is just helping them fine-tune certain types of skills and so like with mm-hmm. goalies making sure that you know how they go after the ball and how they protect the goal and how they you know come to the post and there's just different stuff like that and how they hold their hands and they catch the ball so it doesn't go through and bounce you know they, they cause themselves to be an own goal and you know it's um and it's just fun and uh the stuff with the, the theater that was a blast i mean it's there's nothing better than helping kids learn. I brought in friends who were uh, more skilled in those areas and attended some different trainings, and uh, and uh, we had a blast. We put on different plays during the year, competed in one-act play competition, and and uh, had fun doing that. And and then down the road, I, I end up uh, – a brand-new school was opening, and a guy that I really enjoyed being a teacher for, um, he was the principal of the school where I was. He was going to the new school – and he he said to me, he said, "Steve, I'd love for you to go to the new school with me, but I need a yearbook sponsor."
0: Ooh, <laughs> and, yes, uh, a new a new thing <laughs> that I've never done before, but there's a need.
1: Exactly. So I said, "What the <laughs> heck? I can do that one too." And so I I uh, went and went to a colleague in the in the county and learned a little bit about doing it. And then, and the cool thing about yearbook is that uh, the companies that you go with. They spend a lot of, if you don't know anything about it, they'll teach you. So, oh, okay.
0: but, uh, well, but that was opportunities cool. to learn. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the blast about your book was, it's kind of like, uh, you know, so you're working with a whole new group of kids doing something different as they're coming forward and they're trying to work to make something happen. And, um, and it's, you know, it's a cool thing. It's because a yearbook is a history book. Actually, you're making the history of the school and,
0: right. it's really yeah. cool.
1: and even if they yeah. don't care about it, the first couple of years out of school. Eventually, once they get to five and then 10, you know, right? You know,
0: yeah. And there's so much that's involved, like a big project like that, that those skills of working as a team and making the project come together what a valuable skill that those kids can bring with them into their future careers. Uh, project so. management, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what a couple of them are doing, as well as uh, um, learning how to um, edit and write and write short stories and little, you know, just there's any number of things that fit with journalism that uh, we'd go to trainings and stuff like that on, and they'd learn all that good stuff. And, you know, and then marketing, by the way, you had to figure out how to get kids to buy the book.
0: (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. 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 So
1: yeah, that was a, that was another all interesting thing. So, you know, I never did those all at the same time. Um,
0: Okay. That's good. Too many, too many spinning plates at one time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Soccer in there was for a little bit part of it, but not the, but for the most part, yeah, I didn't do it all at the same time. So.
0: (laughs) You've had a lot of different experiences though, uh, throughout your, your career as an educator. Uh, It sounds like you're always just trying to find where there's need and then you go and, and learn what you need to learn and then help. You empower students. You uh, you empower them to achieve their dreams, uh, which is your which is your goal, right?
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's you know one of the things I I firmly believed was that uh, as a teacher, you have to figure out how to connect with kids. Well, the best way to do that is you know first of all be accessible in the class and the way you interact with the kids, but then outside of class, you got to be willing to do extracurricular activities mm-hmm. because that's how they really get to know you and you really get to know them and you work together on different projects i mean that's one of my favorite memories is uh, um painting uh, props for the plays all right so you know you're working with kids after school and we're making flats that uh, um so it looks like a, a living room wall type thing and mm-hmm. and uh, we're paint we f- first we had to build the flats then we had to Paint the flats to make them look like we wanted, and there's paint everywhere. And you know, <laughs> but it was a blast. It was they were fun memories doing stuff like that. To I mean, you know, just like with the the soccer, you're out there kicking the ball around. And you see them do what they're supposed to during the game, and it works out right. Or you know, yearbook, you produce everything comes together. Even though you missed every one of the deadlines. <laughs> we- we we actually yeah, produced this book. You did
0: head. it, so and you're out there making progress every day, and 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 then spending that quality time with the kids, uh, and 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 they can see that you're a human. Uh, I don't know. I used to always think that uh, my teachers and and my kids would if they would see me out in town, uh, and you see them as a human that exists yeah. outside of school. It's shocking. Uh, it, um,
1: <laughs> it's funny because you're right. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, I think kids a lot of times. I mean, I was a kid, I I think. I, mean, I but it's and I I don't remember ever really thinking about my teachers. But when you ran into somebody, you're like, huh? Because you know, you're not supposed what to be even... out and about, and and so it's... you don't
0: live at the school, <laughs> what?
1: Exactly, you know. And it's funny because um, when I became I became an administrator for the first time in the same school where I'd been a teacher, and that's where I'd been the yearbook sponsor. And the, the yearbook kids gave me this picture that was one of their dads was a. Uh, cartoonist and drew me, drew a picture of me. And and one of the things they highlighted, which they had to point out the different things they highlighted. And uh, one of the things they highlighted on this picture was if you look at the character, he had hairy legs. And and the reason why they, (laughs)
0: wow, you noticed that, huh? Well, the reason why they, (laughs) the reason why they put that in
1: was because the first time at we were working on stuff at, uh, on a Saturday and we were literally um, doing all this marketing and, you know working on learning a little bit about how to market the, the the book and stuff like this and uh and so i i guess i wore shorts and a and a t-shirt and stuff like this and there Mr. Malotto you got hairy legs and it's like oh it's goodness. like oh my gosh that's a, you know that's
0: what you're going to be known for <laughs>
1: well they they memorialized me in a this cartoon this awesome cartoon character has hairy legs so i am
0: yeah, that's that's a little dangerous, actually. If you're drawing a cartoon of somebody, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, but you're—I'm uh, sure you're—you're you're easygoing, fun nature. I bet it was uh, a lot of fun. Oh, it was—it
1: was a lot of fun. I took it all in good <laughs> nature because they in those days. Uh, um... I had more hair and a lot thinner, and but I uh, but the kids said i, I like look like Chekhov from the original Star Trek, and so they oh, made sure that the, the face looked a little more like Chekhov. And the, I mean, there are all these little things like that that were nuances, and so um.
0: Video. Right. I bet that kid still remembers you and thinks about you
1: every now and then. Right. <laughs> oh, it's a funny thing. It's a, we had, a, I'm, have actually run into some of them um, as in their adult worlds or they've reached out to me and they, and it's just funny cause it's cool stuff, but you know, it's you know, part of what I was saying though, is that it, that's how you connect with kids and they connect with you and you get to know each other. And, and as a mm-hmm. result of that, you know, um, they love being in your class. They like doing stuff. And even though they, they might disagree with you about stuff and things like this. You still, it's amazing what the, you know, they'll, they want to work for you. So
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, how did, how did your experiences as a teacher compare to your experiences as a principal?
1: So, you know, one of the interesting things is, is that as a teacher, now, I don't know about, other colleagues and peers, but I can tell you that I was a very naive about <laughs> becoming an administrator in the same school where I had been a teacher. And hmm. I still think that probably some of the kids gave me a break because they kind of liked me as a teacher. So uh, he's, even though he's an administrator now, we'll be a, you know, we won't cause him as much trouble or something like this. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's that's I, awesome. <laughs> I, I still that's had sad. problems, but it was, okay. <laughs> but the funny thing was, is when I had to talk with a colleague about, something they weren't doing that they should have been doing. Oh. And that's when, yeah, when I went to the cafeteria to do uh, um, lunch duty that day and I stopped by to say hi at the lunch table where my former uh, department sat. um,
0: Oh, yeah. That would be awkward.
1: It was. It was quiet. Nobody said anything to me. Oh. So, a couple of head nods, but nobody said anything else. I, you, know, you guys have a good day. Yeah, I get the point. And so, I had crossed over to the dark side.
0: I, I no longer get to sit at the the cool teacher table, no, no.
1: And, uh, nor be part of the conversation. But uh, yeah. you know, so that was one of the the things that I experienced. Another one was uh, you really get to know who, some people that you don't really want to know, which are like, um, hmm. um, you know the uh, probation officers uh, <laughs> it's,
0: uh, people like okay. that who who yeah. come
1: come with the deal when you uh, meet with this kid and their parents are guardians and then what comes along with them is a probation officer <laughs> and it's like oh okay um yeah i wasn't expecting that one and and then you learn a lot about the different situations that as a teacher you may have known about some of them but you really start learning about the different situations that kids have with their home life and such and and it really opened your eyes
0: and, uh, yeah I can imagine that's difficult uh, to to know all the different struggles that people are having that are all under your
1: your schools oh it really is I you know it's uh, you know one of the things I always encourage educators to do is that uh, you know take time to create a a visit where you and your colleagues go and you go into the community where you work and you talk and you teach and you, so that you see where the kids are and where the families are and the businesses are stuff like this. Cause a lot of times we get a job where it's a further away from where we live or something like this. And,
0: mm-hmm. and you,
1: you need to take time to get to know who they are and what they do and what they're doing on the weekends, what they're doing, you know, what they're, you know, if they live in an apartment, have you ever been in those apartments? Have you ever been over in that that community to see what they're.
0: You know, what right. Like yeah. What, what, are your students' lives like outside of school? And I, it, before we started recording, I thought it was really interesting you were telling me a bit about how a school is, uh, the community within the school is part, or, part of the bigger community. And all of the same challenges that a community, the larger community has, you're going to see that in the school as well. Uh, so it makes sense to really go take a look around the community and, and try to understand it.
1: And oh, make makes a lot of sense. And it just, you know, it's funny because it, I don't, I don't think sometimes we think that way and it's, you know, it, for everything that's, you know, it, it's just, it's an exact, it, it's just a replica of what they're dealing with outside and what the adults are doing or not doing. <laughs> and, right. um, yeah. and, and that's an interesting, yeah. interesting aspect of it. You know, um, at one school I, I was at as a principal, um, the school was uh, um, becoming very, very uh, rapid growth in becoming more and more uh, um, Hispanic, Latino um, backgrounds and languages spoken and such. And as a result of that, we a lot of kids would come up to me and say, um, try and check to see if I could speak Spanish or not. <laughs> hmm. Español, Español. And, and I'd say, uh, no, I speak English. But because uh, I kind of sort of have a, a look to me, especially the longer I play outside during summer and stuff like this, that, I,
0: that darker skin tone.
1: Yes, and uh, and, uh, and and you know, and so they they check me out that way and stuff like that. And but I was talking to the faculty about we need to really get an understanding because what the kids would do is they'd come up to me and they'd see if I spoke language, and then they'd say, "Well, what are you?" Right, and they'd say it like that. So. Uh, Miss Rollo, what are you? And I go, what do right, you mean? Right.
0: <laughs> they're just trying to understand you. That's
1: right, and I say, well, what That's do you mean awesome. by what am I? And I and I was kind of coy about it because I knew what they were talking about, but I make them right. tell me, and they say, well, you know, like I'm from Guatemala. What are you? Where are you from? And I and I say, oh, you see my Italian heritage, and and they go, oh, okay, and oh, okay, and,
0: they wanted to know your your heritage exactly.
1: And, this- and so in the in the community, it was interesting that so what we did was we did a whole. Uh, a group of teachers, a TV studio with the kids and stuff like that, made this series of videos on who am I. And what they did was they interviewed uh, um, community business people. And uh, they got to show the different community businesses and who they were and what their background was and stuff like that. And so then that helped the the faculty understand that a little bit better too.
0: Wow, I love that. Was that part of a class or what?
1: How did... We just, it? it was something I went to my, uh, my leadership team and I said, hey, I keep getting asked this question and I think we need to do something where we all understand who we're working with as well as then we can show it to the kids too and they can see who's you know, is in their community as well and we'll make a bigger s- series out of it. And that's how it grew. And so from that idea, then um, a couple teachers took it and ran with it and made it go from a vague idea to a, something real.
0: Wow, I I love that 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 uh, that's kind of a little bit of a foreshadowing into what you do now, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's well, just trying to get to know the people out there and and well, talking to them.
1: Well, it really is, and it's something like you know, uh, um, you know, it's funny. I so I grew up as a little kid on on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Me too. I, yeah, I didn't grow up on Sesame Street, right? I, right. Yes, watching Sesame <laughs> Street, watching yeah. Sesame Street, and yeah, you know, there was—I uh, don't know the exact words, but it's something like, "Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your mm-hmm. neighborhood? In your name?" Yeah, so much for my singing skills. But uh, I
0: was going to join you, but then I thought <laughs> mm, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it—it's it, kind of like that's what was I was channeling was the idea that as we we're talking about it, let's mm-hmm. figure out who are the people, and it was funny because. I mean that a lot of the faculty did not realize how many of the businesses were um Hispanic and Latino owned in the community not far around you know, in the general vicinity around the school.
0: And uh, right. I feel like everybody should do this. We should we should have these focuses and opportunities for us to maybe turn off the national news a little bit and, and focus a little bit on just our awesome little communities that we have. And each one looks very different than the next, but it's special and awesome in its own ways and has its own challenges.
1: Well, I think it's so right. I think that's, uh, it's important. And you don't have to have um, all the, you don't have to have all these international backgrounds in your community. It could be any, I mean, if they don't know who's there and what they're doing and what they're, um, doing for work and, you know, where they're shopping and stuff like that. You don't really, do you really know your neighborhood?
0: so Right. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and I think that when you get to know people and you see the backgrounds that they're from it, there's this connection that I think every human has of ne- just that needing that human connection. And when you start feeling connected to the people in your neighborhood, in your area, and you understand each other. I I think that's a huge part of helping people, you know, mentally, uh, just be in a better place when you feel connected to your world, your world immediately around you. Um, That's, I I love that project. That's uh, so that you did that as a principal, right?
1: I was a principal, but it it basically, it became a conversation at a leadership meeting and then uh, a couple teachers said, Hey, we can do this. And one of them was the TV studio person who had the TV class and got her kids working on it. They went out and interviewed, um, business owners and, and, uh, visited different places. And then they put this whole video thing together that we showed to the faculty. And then we did a, like a bus trip around the, um, the community on school buses where all the faculty were on the school buses and went and saw those businesses. So it was, it was fun.
0: Wow, wow, so uh, that's that's incredible, I love that. Um, and, and now you are, uh, you have uh, a position working with RISA, uh, and you support, uh, I believe you said five different school districts yes. in, in your role at RISA. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so um, in the, RISA's exist all over the United States, and they they may not have the same name, but they have the same purpose. Um, There's a national organization called ESSO, which is A-E-S-A. In the state of Georgia, we call them RESAs. At one time, they're called CESAs. So the E-S-A is the important part of it. (laughs) But the name in Georgia means Regional Educational Service Agency. And um, back in the late 50s in Georgia, they were created um, to support rural school systems. Um, And and today, every school system, public school system in Georgia is required by law to belong to a RESA. And uh, so it's done regionally. And, um, I'm, I'm like, I'm in the, just as you're coming into the mountains of North Georgia and, uh, um, and so basically what we do is we, the superintendents of each of these school systems, uh, sit on our board and they either ask us, Hey, can you help us with this? Or we also share things with them. And so I have a team that, uh is made up of some consultants and we go about trying to help them. And basically my answer is almost always going to be yes. And then I go to the team and say, now figure out how to do this. <laughs> so <that's>...
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is reminding me of earlier in the conversation where uh, you asked, oh, how can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're doing that uh, on a, on a different level.
1: Yeah, pretty much so. And it's, uh, and it's, re- it's really cool because sometimes, uh, you know, you're just trying to figure out how to make uh, the whole, point in the reason why the resas were developed um was to help rural school systems not have to expend you know to share their their resources mm-hmm. so they didn't have to expend the same type of funds on the same type of positions instead they could um create some of it within the RISA and then that way they share that so like for example we have someone who can help them with data um you know taking it apart and telling them what it means we can have someone to help them figure out how to go after certain grants. We can have someone um, help them with math and English and uh, science and um, social studies or getting ready for the tests. Um, you know it's just there's just any any number of things. One of the things I did um, I have done in the past is uh, created a couple of classroom management classes and then I would go visit teachers um, that needed me to come actually observe them and then give them some feedback and some help since I wasn't one of their evaluators and I'm a little less threatening. (laughs) It was
0: uh, a safe place to, to yeah, Yeah. expose some rooms for improvement. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And uh, you know, I've, I've done a class on formative assessment. I've done a class on grading and, and currently right now I I run a, I teach a class for substitute teachers, people who want to be substitutes. And uh, um, I also do some training for the school boards and stuff like that. So it's just there's any number of things it's basically trying to find out what it is that they need and then figure out how to help them that's what we do
0: <laughs> wow you you wear a lot of different hats it sounds like or you you're doing training and then you're meeting with different schools and you're connecting them with the right people uh and you are the host of a podcast yes uh, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to start an educational podcast?
1: Sure. Um, well, first of all, when I was a principal a bunch of years ago, um, I was listening to some podcasts and and I thought that would be really cool to do. And I was also toying around with whether I should have, you know, be on Twitter or, you know, do some of the early social media. And, you know, and I just kept, I was a little worried that, you know, you say the wrong thing and Next thing you know, the school system's saying, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> and you know, and so so that kind of kept me out of that world. So I just listened to other people's um, podcasts, and and the good thing is, the the bad thing is, is that I could have had a lot of fun with it. The good thing is, is that I waited a couple years, and the timing was right because when I'm no longer a principal. And I mm-hmm. start, and the equi- the the timing was right because the equipment became a lot different and easier to to own, less expensive, and uh, in a in a heartbeat you could be up online um, because uh, this the the podcast host you have to have a, a host for the for the show and uh, they uh, um, they became more affordable also and easier to use and stuff like that and so. Eh, kind of, in a way, my waiting helped, <laughs> but uh, I always wish I'd done it sooner but the the cool thing is is that uh um, I'd always kind of wanted to do one to kind of figure out something and and when I was no longer a principal, the idea came that well what my job is 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 to serve and support school systems, so let's make something that's about teaching and learning and i think there's some leading in there too so i'll just add k12 and boom K12
0: and there's your name yeah yeah
1: and and uh you know in those days too by the way seo in the podcast world you know to get more noticed you know you're you're trying to use as many words as you possibly could and google Google recommended you use as many words as possible so i kind of crammed all those in there and then they then what happened is they totally flipped the algorithms all that and said you don't need to do that stuff anymore but by then I already had my name, and it's like that's I'm
0: getting, your name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. It works, and and you do talk a lot uh, about all of those topics, and you talk about a lot of different things uh, on your podcast. Uh, how do you um, go about deciding each show, and how do you find the people that you're going to talk to, and and which topics you're going to cover?
1: Well, some of it I have a lot of help. There's a lot of different. One of the things that's different from now. And when I first started, because I started in 2013, and you know, it's funny then because I can remember going, "All right, what am I going to talk about?" And and in the if you listen to my earliest podcast episodes, a lot there's there's more of me doing individual episodes, not just interviews. And now it's the okay. opposite of that. Now I, I'm really doing a lot. It's almost entirely interviews. And um, and part of that is because there's a lot of people out there because the podcast world has become something that's noticed that it's a possibility way of getting your word out there or getting noticed or, and. Right?
0: Um, yeah. It's a great way to learn while you're on your way to work or getting your jog in. or yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's, and that's exactly it. And it, and so, you know, one of the things that um, I was looking at is that if my focus is to try and provide resources for classroom teachers and building administrators. And, uh, and so I, I never want it to be, so predictable that you're always going to get the same show week after Mm -hmm. week. And so that's why um, it's very nice because I've, I've managed to um, get into a world with different publicists who, uh, um, who have different types of guests. And so some of them are, are are book publicists and some Mm -hmm. of them are people who are just people publicists. (laughs) That's my description, not theirs, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, uh, and so that world has been very helpful in helping me find different types of people for the, Everything from, I've had um, classroom teachers, I've had building administrators, I've had uh, media specialists, I've had technology people, I've had ed tech people who've designed all kinds of cool stuff, I've had um, computer people who don't really, you know, their schools might use their technology, but they're not really all about schools. I've had uh, just any number of things. I had someone who's a money person talk about the types of ways, you know, people, uh, uh, teachers especially, can can grow their their money because of the way schools do things it's possible that uh, you can actually put away a good nest egg if you do the right things and you know oh, if you
0: know right? right you it's all about education so you're you're helping empower the teachers and the the different people involved in education yeah. out there
1: yeah exactly and uh, you know it's um and even along the way I've gotten to know some book Producers have introduced me to uh, pub- book publishers who, so not only do I have like tip, you know, kind of typical types of curriculum, educational type of things, like uh, um, how to work with kids on reading and writing and, you know, doing math differently or coding and stuff like this. But th- then I've also had uh, thriller writers, which is kind of cool. And I, I tell a lot of times what will happen is uh, the writer of a thriller novel will say to me, well, you know, are people going to want to hear me? And I'll say, you know, the cool thing is that teachers are readers.
0: And yes, I said,
1: yeah. uh, and I said, so they don't always want to just read about their work. They'd like to escape. I said, so that's one reason why you should talk to me. <laughs> I said, another reason yeah. why you should talk to me is that they work with kids. And so talking with people who've actually written books and gotten them published is a cool thing because you can actually share that experience with kids who many of them think about it. And then finally, I also say this a lot of teachers are like, I want to write a book one day, and so then I hey, people who've yeah. done it. so, and so a lot of times once they hear those three things, they go, oh, "Not a problem." And so I've had some really cool talks yeah. with writers and stuff. So
0: wow, that is so much. Uh, you're you're such a connector. Thanks. That's I, I'm starting to realize that even when you when you were principal and you're having the the kids work on uh, different or going out into the community and talking to the community and connecting with their community, and now you're connecting people from all different kinds of backgrounds and connecting them to your your teachers and any other people in education or anybody listening to your to your podcast. I, I I love that and and we're hearing things about things that we may never have heard about otherwise. Right, uh, that's, and that's awesome. That's uh, valuable. That's Thanks. um so. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who was looking to start an educational podcast or any kind of podcast?
1: I think the the first thing I would tell them is understand that you can do that. You don't have to buy thousands of dollars of equipment. It's like when I first started there were there were several people who were online that would tell you just buy this kit from me and I'll get you up and running and you know and it was pretty expensive and it, it's like as I start paying attention to it I'm like because I started with just a handheld recorder and uh, wow I would use that and it, it was a fancy one but it on sale, it cost me $72, you know, it's like, uh, and uh, I took that information. The problem was, is that it picked, it was too select, it picked up too much background noise. And um, mm. so I'd have lots of noise in the background, but, um, I, I grew from that to, uh, uh, a, uh, microphone plugged into an interface. And then I, uh, I had a USB mic plugged straight into my laptop. And now I have what's called a, uh, roadcaster pro that, uh, um, helps me deal with the sound and make it better and stuff like this. And I, uh, and I use XLR mics and stuff like that. And it's and it, 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 that's what I've grown to, but you can start by simply with a USB mic, which they make, and they're so much better now. And you just yeah. plug it into the USB port on your laptop and you're up and running because <laughs> most of them, because you got, uh, I use a freeware called audacity to edit. And uh, so you don't have to pay for that. and, Um, you can literally be up and running within, within half a day as you start figuring out how to do things. So the next advice is, you don't first of all, you don't have to pay a whole lot of money. It's easy to, um, there's to, to get up and running for cheap. And then the next thing is you, you've really got to find a host. There's lots of them out there. And, uh, today there's lots of really cool deals. Like I'm, I'm hosted by, uh, this is not a commercial (laughs) for, for them, although I've had, I've been for my 13 years with one company called Podbean and uh um but there's lots of other um platforms out there um from uh Spotify to Blueberry to uh Libsyn and um, just any number of them and uh you just have to kind of look at them and see uh um, which one fits what you think is your need and uh which is cool so you you do have to do that and that's where one of the things that's going to come into this is being able to pay for it. So if you're not thinking that you're going to have this huge crowd or something like that, there's other ways of doing it. You could just record them and put them on your own website as opposed Mm -hmm. to having them hosted other places. So that's one way of doing it, getting around the host as well. But to me, the, you you kind of have to, you have to settle on the topic, figure out what your point is going to be.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And then you really need to kind of like write some ideas about so you could, you could create within a couple of weeks 10 episodes, seven episodes, something like that. And if you could do that where you're not po- posting them right away, but you you start so that you can post episode after episode after episode for a few weeks because you mm-hmm. created these 10, um, then you're going to, then you have a more likelihood of surviving because uh, I, <laughs> I think there's data out there that says that a lot of podcasts don't make it past seven. And if,
0: Okay. Okay. So how did you make it past seven? You have, you over 500? Is that what you said?
1: Yes. I'm at 562 oh. right now.
0: Wow. That's a lot of podcasts.
1: Thanks. <laughs> yes, wow. It's, uh,
0: yeah. So what, what was your secret to longevity and, and, uh, you know, haven't, having, you know, sticking around for this long, really?
1: Um, uh, part of it is just persistence in me, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Part of it also is creating a schedule and creating uh, thoughts about what's coming up and and looking at uh, um, you know being ahead of yourself, you know the idea that I'm this is what I'm looking to do next week and the week after that and so forth. And so I, I post twice a week now and uh, um, usually I'm several weeks ahead with recording. I've been recording for like for the most part, I'm about four and a half to uh, five weeks, be you know, um, behind the recordings. The like recordings have been five, you know, done four and a half to five weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, so I have that. Whereas when I first started, I had no. I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? Let me think, uh, and then I'd, I'd write it down and say, oh, I'll go with this, and I'd try and script it and stuff like that, and and eventually I grew out of scripting it and just writing short little notes to myself and stuff like that. But I I think uh, you know the biggest things about if you're going to start your own is first you can do it on it's it's not expensive to get the equipment understand what you're getting yourself into because it, it is work there's <laughs>
0: yeah it sounds like a lot of work I, w- I was just thinking i wonder you have you have a full-time job that you do yes and then this is in addition to that yes um and that you're you probably don't have a lot of free time outside <laughs> i'm imagining uh does this take up most of your free time or a good chunk of it it takes
1: every- a, i'm sorry i interrupted you i didn't mean to do that no 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 it, it, it takes up a good chunk of your time because you have to but at the, at the same time i just have to schedule it i have to be looking at my calendar and making sure i'm keeping up with what's going on because it's easy to get behind you, oh, i'll do that later i'll do that mm-hmm. later you know and in, if you start doing that, then suddenly you're going. Oh, crud! I didn't write my. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know. I haven't reached out to get a uh, somebody to interview. I, um, I haven't edited this. I haven't edited that. I'm not ready to post anything. And uh, because I, I think one of the most interesting things that I've heard from a podcasters, uh, um, it's a podcast about podcasting. It, recently, is that they talk about how people don't realize that there is work involved, and so unless you're you know, a celebrity, you can afford to hire a production company or something like that. <laughs> if you're going to do your own right. stuff, you know, then it's going to be work. And then, you know, there are companies that are less expensive that are out there now doing some of the production stuff for you. But if, unless you don't, you don't have to do that, but you just have to know it takes time.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you've, learned a lot like oh, yeah. you've taught your, yourself how to do, uh, all the editing. And you showed me uh, a little bit, some of your fancy equipment there. Uh, I wouldn't know where to start with that. The sound, uh, the soundboard that you have and, um, the software that you use to edit, uh, you, you must've just done a deep dive, like all of the other things, like te- teaching yourself about soccer, teaching yourself sure. about theater, uh, all the different, uh, projects or things in your life that you've decided to just tackle head on <laughs> that's a yeah i wonder i wonder what you're going to be like what life is going to look like for you in 10 years uh i wonder yeah, it's uh you'll be i don't know it'll be fun i'll have to reach back every so often and be like okay how are the podcasts going and what other new thing have you taught yourself recently <laughs> Um, so, uh, cool. speaking of um, your podcasts in the future, what what do you envision for the future for your podcast? Where's it going?
1: Well, first of all, I'm at seven hundred and forty four thousand downloads, and so wow. part of the future is I'm trying to get to a million. <laughs> all right, So oh, okay. For anybody listening, that's, love to yeah, have you. That's, you're on your way. Downloads. so I'm on my way. I'm at you know I'm, I'm at seven hundred forty four thousand and and going strong and and. Which also means that at some point I'm going to hit a thousand shows, which so the, wow. those are two of my goals right there is a thousand shows and a million downloads. So um, with that being said, I, yeah, there are thoughts that I have about uh, maybe changing the format so that on some days it's about writing or it's hmm. about authors who've written, who've published a book and then on other days, it's more about classroom stuff. So, so I'm toying with some ideas of making certain days about certain topics, I guess is my point. And uh, okay. I, I can tell you this that twice a week is all I can take because I, for a little <laughs> bit, I did three times a week. I did that last year. And I was, it was a great idea, but boy, without well, killing me. <laughs> and, uh, Um, so I, I've scaled back from that. I don't, that won't be part of my future plans again, unless it's just a bonus episode or something, but, uh, it's, uh, but a a big part of it is to, I want to toy with, uh, trying to figure out, uh, maybe having a topic day that's specifically about something, um, so that it's not, um, so that you know that on this day, that's what's going to come. And so, for example, like I, I've done some technology ones in the past where I was some, (laughs) there were a couple t- technology directors that would meet with me that are nuts. All right. And they're funny and they're, they're in my shows. And they were, um, they're fun to talk with because the one, he's like the, you know, you know, in a comedy routine where you always have the one who always falls for whatever the funny one says, <laughs> I had one, right. who's, one who's like that. And the one who's the funny one, and you just never knew what <laughs> you're going to talking about. And so like we had a funny discussion about who would have thought that, uh, you know, how I, in order to make an Apple product work, you have to have all these dongles and they call them dongles. And mm-hmm. we had the goofiest conversation about dongles. You know, it's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is kind of a goofy sounding word. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. it's, it's like,
1: it's, And that's kind of what we got into is these goofy sounding words. And you know, it's a, uh, so anyway, th- that's part of my future plans. I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs>
0: that's very helpful. I'm excited to to check back in with you every so often and see what you're doing. And awesome. I, I am curious. Uh, I know that you, you've spoken with so many different people from different backgrounds and different situations and uh, and contributing to the world in a variety of ways. What are some of your most memorable moments or episodes of your podcast that you, you've had so far?
1: I've had some interesting, interesting one. I, all, of, all of them are fun and I've got different things going on. I learned different things from them. Like for example, early on, when I started, I, I talked with a friend who that friend was very talkative. Whenever you could talk forever with the person. And so I invited that person on my podcast and I'm a person on, on purpose, not saying anything about who they specifically are so that if they're listening, I don't mean to offend them, but at the same time, uh, they, uh, um, so in the beginning, I came up with just topics to talk about instead of like mm-hmm. um, a, uh, I now create a set of guiding questions that I send my guests. And I, I do that because of this event that happened where I just came up with like four topics and thought we'd be able to make that happen for you know, a long time. And what happened was um, five minutes was pushing it, all right? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're about to finish, and it's it's not even ten minutes long. And I went, I can't let this happen any longer. i got to make sure that I – have some follow-up questions to ask. And I was like running out of steam. And so that was an interesting one where I'm like, I, I discovered that some some guests, if you give them questions, if you don't give them questions, they can't handle it. All right. What will happen mm-hmm. is you'll run out of steam. They'll just give you real short answers and suddenly you're going, Wow, that was all of two minutes. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: No. Well, I mean, I feel like I've had uh, conversations with people in real life like that as well. It, like if you're yes. stuck in a long car ride with somebody yes, who exactly, doesn't give you, I'm like, I don't really care what you say. Just just expound upon what right. you're thinking a little bit more, not the short one word answers. Uh, right. But well, that that's for somebody like me who I don't like the awkward silence. I can't take that. Uh, so then I talk a lot,
1: <laughs> that's funny. That's, but it's cool though. Cause it, it, it allows you to have a conversation and that's, what's been nice. And, you know, and then, you know, one of the other th- things that's happened is I've had, um, other stuff that happens where if you, so I start pr- creating guided questions and I create about 12 and, uh, 12 to 14 and that usually will cuz I like my podcast being somewhere between 35 to 50 minutes and they uh well what I've discovered is that most people if I have that many questions it's going to be more like 40 to 50 minutes mm-hmm. um but there are some who will, who will answer the questions ahead of time and then they'll read their question their answers and so oh. once again that shortens it so you're going Oh my uh, gosh! I'm going to end up with only 15 minutes of show here, and so I started asking additional questions based upon what they say. So that's been interesting. Um, so let's talk about some other types of stuff. One of the things I told you about the tech goofiness. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: if, if you find
1: somebody who will just talk about anything and doesn't mind being goofy, that's awesome. Oh. And
0: <laughs> golden. <laughs>
1: it's it is so golden. I mean, one of the discussions <laughs> with those guys was about a. Um, I was asking what you get. What would you get a Tech person for Christmas present who already has all this other stuff. Oh, and that's a great question. So they had to come with these answers, and um, one of them said what he wanted as a tech person who has everything. He wanted this thing he saw online, which was a hot dog bun warmer. You stuck the. Oh bun my
0: goodness! Bun. What? <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, like, and that was the goofiest. That's what I mean by you know goofiness. You just never. When you get some guests, you never know where the conversation is going to go. And that's uh, always
0: surprising. Past. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I could not have predicted that.
1: <laughs> not at all. Um, I had a, I, I connected with a gentleman who's a ma- magician for a livelihood. He's a, he's a, uh, uh, an actor, uh, appeared in a lot of commercials at one time and, and is, um, over the last bunch of years, he's become a he became a magician and then he focused on the school crowd. So doing magic shows for schools and such. And, um, and what happened was I connected with him right as COVID was happening because he was trying to figure out what to do because he needed the audience to, to go ooh and ah in front of. And so he's trying to figure out how to make his world work in, uh, with COVID still going on, which he did. He started figuring out at the TV. But he did the coolest magic. For my interview, he did a magic trick.
0: Oh, fun!
1: Oh, it was cool. And he sent me this. He, he sent me a box, and he put on it. He said, "Do not open this box." He said, "This is oh, part of my trick." Fun. And so on the day when we do the interview, he said, "That's when you're going to be able to open the box." And it was the coolest trick. It, I I don't know how he did it. I don't understand. <laughs> and uh, um, oh, but, that
0: that is a really cool person to interview. Wow, uh, that's was,
1: a, I mean, <laughs> that was so awesome. That was that was just totally out there i've interviewed uh i interviewed a gentleman who had uh who uh, has puppets he had actually appeared on uh, the english version of uh um uh, what's that show uh um i think in the u s it's called America's got talent and so it's whatever the name of it in the u k is and he had been uh he had made it into you know several of the rounds going through um and he had these puppets of these characters and he was a ventriloquist and so I had a ventriloquist on my show and even oh. though I'm not I'm audio not visual it right. was just yeah. funny because I would ask him if he would have uh the name of I'm drawing a blank on the name of his puppet right now but he I'd ask him if you would have him talk for us and so it's so <laughs> it, fun you would hear the he'd, he'd kind of adjust the stool like he's adjusting the stool for the guy so you'd hear like someone scooching up next to the mic <laughs> and I'm like I'm in the I feel like I'm in the room with Two people, not a puppet and a person. And,
0: oh, that is funny! Uh, wow. So, were you? You were in the room with them. Were you? Do you interview people? Uh, like not over Zoom sometimes. Sometimes
1: but, not over Zoom. I love doing them in person. They're they're a blast because uh, you because um, you d- you don't have the awkwardness of sometimes of uh, well, first of all, you don't have to worry about the thing slowing down or stopping or getting some weird pause. But uh, the other thing is, is that you're actually in the room, so you kind of read each other's expressions and stuff, and um, it, conversations sometimes are easier. But
0: yeah, um, yeah, you were telling me before that sometimes people's cats or <laughs> what. I, I actually make sure before I talk to you that uh, the cat is outside, uh, so she doesn't.
1: Oh, those are some of the fun.
0: Right in front.
1: Yeah, that, those are some <laughs> of the funniest ones are with pets and children, because like you're uh, interviewing somebody. And they might be sitting, and there's a door behind them, and the door's closed. And then suddenly the door slowly opens. And when the door slowly opens, you're wondering, you know, you're having a conversation, but you but you realize <laughs> something's about to happen because the door is slowly open. And in, in one case, in a couple of cases, it was a, it was a child who's come home from school who is. Psst, Hey, I'm home. you know, it's like. They have some cookies. Yeah, stuff like that. And, and so I, I said, just go ahead and do what you need to do. So and we can pause this. And uh, then I've had uh, cats, which you mentioned. The cats have always been the most destructive ones because they they kind of you see the door open and they see this little tail in the air, mm-hmm, <laughs> and then the next thing yeah. you know, the, the whole laptop. The image is shaking because the cats jumped on the table, and. Yep. Uh, um, that would be mine. And it my
0: yes. Yeah. It's, such, oh it's funny goodness. stuff.
1: My favorite one is a dog, all right? I've had two funny dog ones where the one dog wouldn't stop barking so the the guests took the dog outside and we and the podcast outside so that she's talking to me on her phone and walking the dog um which stop the dog from barking but we had other things happen like other people outside and stuff but
0: right it was... yeah cuz it's kind of noisy when you're you're out talking and <laughs> walking at the same time
1: yeah, that was and a so... funny one and then there then there was a really giant dog the gentleman he did podcasts for part of his business and so he had his his office set up that way and so you're looking at his him behind his desk and so there's not a door right behind him but what you saw was suddenly there was this head and tail that went behind him and he doesn't see it happening and he but then what happens is the dog walks around so that it's on the other side of the desk and so then i saw could see his eyes notice that the dog's there the dog then walks evidently behind the desk so it's like walking behind me and then comes back next to him and puts its head on the desk and and his eyes oh, wow. are looking at him.
0: <laughs> like give me some attention. Yes, yes. And, and and the person's probably trying to talk. Yes, and sound like everything's normal <laughs> while this dog yes, that was hilarious. <laughs> is walking around trying to get his attention.
1: Gotta oh, love stuff funny. like that. Yeah. So that's, it's that's just some of the stuff. It's 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 all you. Just, it's just funny how some things can happen like that, and and uh, it never fails. Like uh, you know, if somebody's going to mow the. The yard or do the bushes or, uh, you know, it, it's that time of the day that there's going to be this some giant truck that's going to drive by that has this massive sound. <laughs> that right. Yes. Right. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. Well, it's, it's awesome that you have the ability to edit and you've taught yourself uh, how to adjust the sounds and you've know, you really learn a lot of different skills along the way as, as an educator and now the host of a podcast and um, that's uh, yeah. And it'll be fun to hear what you, what path you take for your podcast and the next several months and years. And, and then what other new skills that you, you learn because there's a need out there. that's a, <laughs> I'm sure that it'll be something, but it's, you do have a, uh, it sounds like a, a a learning attitude. You just, you can learn anything, right?
1: <laughs> I think so. Especially in this world that we have today where people will teach you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you will and they'll do it for free. You just got to go find their website or uh, whatever their, their video channel is that they're using and uh, take a look at it and go, Oh, that's how you do that. Like, for example, in, Audacity, you know, one of the things you have to do from time to time is uh, you might have to split the sound file because you have to slide something in there. Cause like, I'll have a guest once in a while or say something like, you know, I could have said that better. Could I say this? Cause I should have said this in the middle of it. And I go, yeah, sure. And so then I had to come back and split the sound and add that new sound bite in the middle of that. And then just pick up where I left off. And uh, wouldn't you know it, there's a whole bunch of video explanations on how to do that online you know it's like just go find the person and uh and they they become your one-on-one tutor
0: (laughs) you you just have to take that time to 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 learn and invest in your own skill and then when you have that skill you have it for the for future use right that's one more tool in your tool belt that's uh that's wonderful this is this has been a lot of fun talking to you steve i'm so glad that we got a chance to do this um and it is going to be exciting to see what you do in the, in the future months and years to come and, uh, and how you're going to to help lots of people by bringing, connecting them to lots of different ideas and other people who are doing neat things. Well,
1: thank you so much. I have enjoyed this. This is, it has been fun. I've enjoyed talking with you, Suzanne, and I uh, appreciate it. And I wish you the best in all that you're doing with your virtual science teacher um, organization because that's very cool what you got going.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcast by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and host. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much, you're awesome.